0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tim.
0: Hey to the hey.
1: Hey, 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 Tim. Hey,
0: hey.
1: (laughs) How was your weekend?
0: Weekend was great. Saturday, I had a little get-together. Well, I guess it's not a restaurant, but at a rooftop bar. And you weren't there because you were working the 9 to 5. Not the comedy, but the 9 to 5. Right. But yeah, it was really nice. And of course, on Sunday, it was dedicated to Talladega.
1: And what a race it was.
0: How was your weekend, Renee?
1: Uh, before we get into things, yeah, let me just tell you about my weekend. My weekend was actually really, really productive, working a lot, trying to get things done with some other stuff that I have going on. But overall, it was a really good weekend. Uh, the weekends are always good. So many sports to watch, a lot of baseball. I want. First of all, I'd like to congratulate the Chicago Cubs winning the pennant and going to the World Series is just as exciting as seeing the Indians go to the World Series, but... Nothing compares to the actual Cubs going to the World Series. I mean, they haven't been there in so long. I've actually been watching the Cubs since 88, although I'm an Astros fan because of am Houston. Oh my Houston. goodness,
0: I thought, oh, I was going to say I thought you was an Astro fan. Okay. Yeah,
1: uh, I, I am, but, uh, you, know, you know, it's I, the
0: Texas boy. Right,
1: exactly. But uh, I don't know what it was about the Chicago Cubs, but I have been watching them since 88. And don't ask me why, but, you know, I was living in San Antonio, Texas at the time with my grandmother, but I just remember literally coming home and uh, just trying to watch the Cubs day games, because this was before Wrigley Field had night games before they even had lights to uh, play night games it was all during the day so I would uh, race home to watch these Cubs and uh, I don't know why I I guess uh, it was just something that I I did on uh, WGN I would just watch the Cubs games but I'm very excited and very happy for that city and for those fans who have been waiting so long to see their Cubs go back to the World Series so congratulations to them my Dallas Cowboys were off they uh, we had a bye week but nevertheless it doesn't stop me from watching football especially because i got a fantasy league i got two fantasy leagues that i'm in so that
0: that, oh boy you know what maybe next year we should do fantasy nascar my only thing about fantasy nascar is that nascar is so unpredictable i think that's like the perfect segue into talladega it's so unpredictable (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. no you're right well tam let's get right into it what a crazy, crazy weekend at Talladega this was. For more reasons than any. Uh, there's so many topics that you can we can just start off with, but Congratulations to Joey Logano, first and foremost. Let's give credit where credit is due. You know, I had a feeling that one of these Penske drivers was going to win, but I didn't think it was going to be Joey Logano. Uh, How about yourself?
0: Well, of course I didn't go with Penske. I went with Hendrick, as in Chase Elliott. I just Mm. really thought this young man would win. I don't know, you know. And then, of course, I'm always going for Matt Kenseth, which I'm just, I don't know why every week I go with Matt Kenseth. (laughs) He didn't even come in the top 10 this week week but nonetheless I didn't see it coming but one thing I have always said whether you hate or love Joey and Brad Keselowski those guys they're winners it's something that's embedded in them it's something that they do and Joey showed up and as I would say he showed up and showed out now his teammate didn't have quite the luck but nonetheless, Brad Keselowski actually dominated this race until he went out. So they both showed up and they were, you know, out to prove something. And I mean, they both were on the brink of not making it to the next round. It just, again, unfortunate what happened with Brad. And for those who missed the race, Brad was dealing with debris. In fact, this entire race, I just, it was all about the debris because he had debris on his grill. Greg Biffle, oh my God, side note, greg biffle had debris when he was leading a lap yes i yep. did say greg biffle was leading a lap at talladega uh somebody else i believe had debris on their grill but for the most part it's what did brad keselowski in because he waited too late to get the debris off the grill and when he finally got it off basically you know it was what it was his day was done you know similar yep. situation with martin truex Oh, Martin boy. Truex Jr. Just when you thought this guy Luck had turned over, Lady Luck said, not, 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 not so fast. And he yeah. had a blown engine. Mm-hmm. And what are you the odds?
1: I tell you, I think that was um just crazy in general. As you know, Tam, we always tweet from our Twitter account from All Turns No Breaks who you got before the race begins. And there was a, a fan of ours who tweeted that she didn't think Martin Truex Junior was going to make it to the next round. Now I thought that was surprising in general because I wouldn't have thought anybody would have picked Martin Truex not to go to the next round. But she called it right. And um that's the crazy thing about NASCAR. Anything can happen. And he had engine trouble just like Kislowski did. And
0: Yeah, I mean Martin Truex was the first caution of the day. Yeah. Which is crazy. You know, sign though, not to cut you off, Renee, but Martin Truex Jr. Hadn't lost an engine in two years, two whole years. Isn't what crazy? are the odds of his engine blowing up at Talladega that, right that, when it's time to go to the next round?
1: It's like he finally got that cloud out from over his head only just to come right back at the worst time ever it was just I mean talk about just bad luck again just bad timing too and uh that had to have been a major disappointment I think more for Truex than it was for Kislowski. I don't know and and I don't even know if that's even a fair statement because they both have to be just as disappointed
0: I think for both it was disappointing because again like I said earlier Kaz, he dominated. He led a crap load of laps. So for him to go out like that is just pretty crazy. Just kind of piggybacking off of the luck situation. What are the odds that Joey Logano rode around the track one whole full lap with his jack underneath his car and he came back to win this race? I mean, what are the odds? Because Uh, first and foremost, I actually didn't expect the Jack to hang on for a whole lap. I thought for mm -hmm. sure it would bring out the caution. But what ended up happening was a caution was brought out, which ended up allowing him to come in and pit and still be on a lead lap. So this guy pretty much took advantage. Like he turned a bad situation into a good situation.
1: Yeah. As soon as he takes off and you're going, there's a Jack there, you would think that at least coming around halfway of the track it seems like you would think that there would be some kind of car damage or something and and it wasn't it was <laughs> everything seemed to be fine i think even the jack was fine
0: well you know speaking of joy let's read off our top 10 from talladega really quick so joy logano obviously won the race brian scott okay i was like i didn't even know who Brian Scott, well, the number. I was like, who, what, who was the number? Yeah. So, Brian Scott came in second, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin showed up. You know what? Bravo, Denny. Bravo, because he was one of those drivers that was on the cut line that yeah. most people counted out, and he actually came back and counted himself in. You had Kurt Busch, number four. You had Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. at number five. Mm-hmm. Wait, let's repeat that. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. came home with a top five finish yes his girlfriend didn't but he did you know i have to throw (laughs) that jab right there (laughs) of course because we haven't said this in a couple of episodes so i will let you do the honors of saying this renee
1: right and uh just to reiterate what tam said what she said about she's referring to danica patrick uh ricky stenhouse jr's girlfriend and it's not that uh she's taking a jab because we're danica patrick haters we're just not danica patrick fans
0: bingo okay so so just really quick going through our top five again we had joy logano brian scott denny hamlin kurt bush and ricky stenhouse jr number six was kyle bush kurt actually did better than kyle how about that yeah number seven kevin harvick number eight okay eric amarillo came in eighth place at talladega during a chase race wow that's huge austin Dillon came in ninth and my other guy aj amadinger he came in tenth how about that yeah there were at least let's see one as in brian scott two as in ricky stenhouse jr Three, as in Eric Amorello, and four, as in A.J. Amendinger, names that I did not expect to be naming during a chase race, an elimination chase race at Talladega. Wow. And
1: I'll tell you something, though, Tam. I don't know about you, but I'm actually surprised that we don't have a Casey Kane sighting in the top 10 at Talladega.
0: Yeah, you know what? (laughs) The way he's been racing. It didn't last. It it, it was great, but I uh, yeah, think that, exactly. that may be over. But who knows? <laughs> we'll see what happens the next couple of races.
1: And just to let everyone know, right after the top 10 is where we had two of our Fantastic Four. Ryan Blaney finished out 11th. And Chase Elliott,
0: 12th. Yeah. Well, before we get in our Fantastic Four, let's talk about our Chase 8, you know, our eight drivers that moved on. Joy Logano is officially in the Chase because mm-hmm. he won. Jimmy and Kevin Harvick also won races in the last round of 12. So they moved on to the round of eight. Matt right. Kensett, my guy, he moved on. He had a quiet race at Talladega, but he still moved on based on points. Carl Edwards moved on, Denny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, and Kyle Busch. What's really interesting about this eight is that four of them are Joe Gibbs drivers. How about that?
1: Yeah, and three of them for good reason, as obviously we all know, and we'll get into that in just a moment. I thought that it was pretty impressive on Denny Hamlin's part because... He didn't really get the help from his teammates that he uh, could have and not should have, but could have. That's what's most impressing about Denny Hamlin moving on to the next round than anything else because he kind of had to do it on his own. And he came through. Uh, He literally edged out Chase Elliott and uh, knocked out Austin Dillon at the same time. So uh, I'm very happy for Denny Hamlin. And I like that guy. He, he's a good driver and well-deserved to go into the next round.
0: Well, it's funny you said he knocked out Chase Elliott. It came down to, was it a tiebreaker or was it one point?
1: No, it was by one point for yeah. Chase. And then he the tiebreaker was with Austin Dillon.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting Chase and Dylan, they had a good run for their rookie year. Like no one can say anything bad about either one of those drivers. And for what is worth, Austin, he still came in top 10 during Talladega. So he had mm-hmm. a, a no give up fight in him to the end. Now, speaking of our Fantastic Four, and it's probably actually going to be the last time we talk about the Fantastic Four now that all of them are out the chase. Kyle Larson quietly came in sixth place at Talladega, but at this point, I can't say it's too little too late because it still matters, but he was knocked out of the chase during the first round. Ryan Blaney, a name that we haven't really talked about in a while, he came in 11th. Of course, Austin Dillon came in ninth, as we stated earlier, and Chase Elliott came in 12th. I mean, Chase actually led a few laps. There were times where I thought Chase was going to do something. I said, oh, my God, Chase is going to prove me right and win. But just something happened. I can't say that Hendrick didn't have the speed. I just don't know what ended up happening towards the middle, you know, late parts of the race. He just kind of fell back.
1: Yeah. You know, I I watched his interview after the race and I was listening to him and he basically said that he wasn't even sure what happened. But what's crazy about NASCAR is like, it just takes one little move here and there by him or, whoever and it it can really kind of alter where you're at in as far as placement in the race and it looked like he did have a good car this past weekend he looked like he had a really good car and you're right it looked like he was about to prove you right i was like man yeah (laughs) well you know (laughs) he's making tim he's getting ready to make tam
0: look like a genius he well I'm still a genius he just didn't prove it but I am (laughs) but you know what's interesting Chase and I have a couple of quotes from actually Chase and Austin Chase was quoted after the race as saying we tried hard he Mm -hmm. tried hard but you know I don't know it's that old cliche you didn't try hard enough you didn't win I don't know And Austin his quote was a little bit more interesting Austin actually said it's heartbreaking we will be back stronger than ever next year i don't know about you renee but i believe it
1: yeah i do too
0: this is kind of completely off topic and i hate to use that word swagger but there's just a swag about austin and about ty I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, for crying out loud, look at the wives that they married. They got a fiance for Austin and for Ty, the wife. They got some nice looking young ladies on their arm.
1: Yeah, they are. Well, uh, let's be And we can
0: talk about this because this is fan talk. Now, if we were complete (laughs) on-air analysts, we probably couldn't talk about the wives, but we're fans. Right? This is what fans talk about.
1: And you know what's funny is just as good looking as those women are, and I will completely agree with you, and this is coming from a guy, but I mean, these are two young studs here too, and they're not too shabby themselves. And just going off of just not just looks itself, but let's be honest, these two guys are very talented. They have a lot of racing years still to come. They're just getting started, Tam. I mean, they're barely just getting started. So, I mean, think about that and literally just kind of imagine what the future holds for these two, because these are two talented young guys, man. And I see these guys with a lot of championships underneath their belts in years to come.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of just getting started, I want to talk about two names to drivers i want to talk about alex bowman mm-hmm. and i want to talk about chris busher we haven't called chris busher's name in a while but just to note chris busher came in 22nd at talladega he's not in our fantastic four but he's an honorary member kind of like that fifth member but uh yeah chris busher he has a future ahead of him i don't know how great Because after making the chase, he hasn't really done much. But next year, I'm sure we'll be throwing that name out a lot. Now, Alex Bowman, who replaced Dale Jr., who, as everyone knows, is out for the season dealing with his concussion. I mean, this guy every week is showing up. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he's having some true X luck because with two laps to go, he had a (laughs) single car spin out. And he was running well, if I'm not mistaken. He was like in top five, top 10 with two laps to go before spinning out. I he, think he is definitely going to be a driver to watch next year as well. Now, what's yeah. interesting is where is he going to race next year? Because we know he won't be bumping up to Cup Series. At least I I don't know anything about it. So I'm assuming he'll still be in the Xfinity League next year.
1: Yeah, Alex Bowman is one of these guys who I think has come in and completely seized the opportunity that has presented itself to him. I like that when a guy can get an opportunity that maybe not would have come in any other scenario, but the fact of Dale Jr. being out and him replacing Dale Jr., obviously some big shoes to fill, uh, especially when you're driving the 88 car because you know a lot of fans out there for the 88 and even though that they knew that that wasn't going to be dale jr driving i think just the fact that bowman could come in and really you know have some good races underneath his belt even though this last race obviously spun out and actually is what caused the overtime of talladega to go into uh, actually i think joey logano should he should have called alex bowman and said hey thanks for the overtime it kind of really made joey logano kind of go in and win that race a little bit as far as like the whole spin out, other than that. I think Alex Bowman has really come in and uh, taken advantage of the opportunity that that has been given to him, and he's done really well Tam.
0: You know, Alex Bowman has some drama, but there was some real drama after the race, and that was with Kyle Busch's tweet. Renee, I know you saw that tweet. He says something to the fact of, don't hate the game, hate the player, or, don't hate the player, hate the game.
1: Yeah, he basically tweeted, don't hate the player, hate the game. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, what Kyle Busch was basically referring to, Tam, was the decision of Joe Gibbs racing teammates to stay in the back of the pack during the entire race and not technically race, and I'm doing the quotations with my hands, because they were basically trying to avoid what happened to Brad Kislowski and Martin Truex Jr. with engine problems or avoid a wreck that really didn't happen i'll be honest with you
0: you know renee you can't avoid engine problems what happened with martin truex was just bad luck now you could possibly avoid what happened to brad keselowski because he got debris on his grill that caused his engine to blow up but I guess their thought was they were trying to avoid the big one, which was interesting because the big one never happened. You know, Talladega, restrictor plate racing, we're used to accidents. It did not happen.
1: Yeah, and you know, Kyle Busch tweeting that basically what he was doing and what he was saying is he was actually supporting Joe Gibbs Racing strategy for doing that. I think even Jimmy Johnson had also tweeted that, He'd have done it himself and and uh probably been guilty of doing it himself a couple of times but and I can understand that Tam I mean it, it's just one of those things where you're you know you're in and you're just trying to make sure that you get to the next round to then do what you have to do, which goes back to my comment earlier during the podcast, Tam about that is what impresses me about Denny Hammond even more is the fact that his teammates weren't there to to give him a push to help him in any kind of way he had to make the chase all on his own. And coming in third, man, you know, my hat's off to Denny Hamlin <laughs> and his team. That's awesome.
0: Definitely. Well, you know, the drama didn't end with Kyle Bush. Well, Kyle Bush was a little later than what the real drama was. And the real drama was Kevin Harvick going up to Kurt Busch after the race while Kurt Bush was still sitting in his car. And it looks like he punched him. But we don't really know because the way the camera angle was, but he definitely was giving Kurt Busch the business and he was upset. And when they talked to Kurt afterwards, Kurt was like, well, you know, he'll find that this is all a misunderstanding, blah, blah, something. It's really sad when you see two teammates going at it, but it's exciting at the same time because who doesn't like drama, you know?
1: Well, This goes back to what we had talked about. And I can't remember what episode it was, but it was one of the recent episodes that we had done about maybe the chase needs a little drama. Maybe the chase needs a fight. Maybe the chase needs something to happen. And this could have been it. And I think as we get closer and closer to the end of the chase and our more drivers are getting eliminated, I think you're starting to see emotions rise a little. You know what I mean? And I liked it. And maybe not so much with teammates. That kind of threw me for a loop, but I kind of liked it. And basically what this all was about, for those of you who also don't know, but I'm sure you, you might know, is on the cool down lap, I guess Kurt Busch had gotten into the side of Kevin Harvick's car. And Harvick took offense to that. Now, I don't know why he took so much offense to it, but he really got T.O'd off that. And it certainly looked like to me that he punched him, I mean, because he literally jabbed inside of his car To me, that was a punch, Tam. I don't know about anybody else, but it certainly looked like a punch to me.
0: Well, here's the question if he had on his helmet, it really wasn't a punch, so we don't really know. But I want to say this first of all, I feel like Kurt has gone soft since all the drama with the ex girlfriend, and you know, he has to maintain an image, and you know, he got engaged all of a sudden, and blah, blah, this. But I felt like the old Kurt probably would have jumped out the car and had something more than some talking words for Kevin Harvick. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: No, you're absolutely right. I think we would have saw more than that. We might have saw at least two guys scuffling on the floor or something.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. I tweeted on our Twitter account, you had Bakersfield versus Las Vegas. And having lived in Las Vegas and spent a lot of time in Bakersfield as a child in Kern County growing up. And that's a part of California as we Californians refer to as up by the grapevine. I don't know who I would have my money on, but I do know one thing. Kevin is about that business and Kevin may need to slow down one thing my mother used to always tell me growing up because i was a fighter like to meet me now you would never know but growing up i was raised very much under one principle don't start nothing but if somebody bring it till you finish it so for me growing up i was very popular nobody really messed with me but for those who underestimated me I always finished it and i feel like kevin on the flip side is somebody who brings a lot of stuff, and one day somebody's gonna finish it, and I'ma drop the mic on that, cause you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you meet somebody who's better than you, so that may all that rough, rough, whoa, whoa, it may flow with a Joy Logano, cause Joy is all he gonna do is smile. Or a Jimmy Johnson, cause Jimmy all he wanna do is talk about it, but you run up against somebody like a Tony Stewart. Who else? I don't really know. We don't have any fighters anymore in NASCAR. Who else? I feel like Austin Dillon, though, will go toe to toe with you. But aside from that, who else do we have, Renee? You know what? How about Carl Edward? The funny thing is, I don't recall him ever getting into anything. We should research that. Has he ever gotten into anything with anybody? So what I think we'll do is we'll post a question. Who's the most intimidating driver in nascar today so that'll be our question i guess we'll post it around saturday or sunday morning right before martinsville
1: well tam i know we've already talked about smoke being very intimidating i certainly wouldn't want to be walking down a dark alley with smoke coming at me especially pissed off at me for any reason at all i think ryan newman is one guy that can be intimidating he's kind of a quiet guy which is kind of scares me you know what they say about quiet guys being just intimidating like you just don't know how crazy they can get ryan newman would be another guy for me I'd love to hear from our fans, and if they know of somebody that we don't know and we're not thinking of that might be intimidating or they know that has gone off in the past, please let us know. Hit us up on our Facebook. Hit us up on our social media, Twitter, and Instagram, and let us know who you think is intimidating.
0: So speaking of intimidator, let's talk about his son, Dell Jr. Oh, did you guys like that transition? I liked it. So Dell Jr. was in the booth. He was in two booths. How about that?
1: This guy, how can you not love Dale Jr.? He's fantastic to watch. He's fantastic to listen.
0: Yeah, well, I will say I loved him in the booth, but I hated that suit jacket. It was something awful. Amy, if you're listening to this, you're a beautiful girl and you have style. Let some of that style rub off on your hubby to be. Because that jacket that Dale had on was just god awful. And I saw a couple of people tweeting about it. But nonetheless... Dale in the booth was most excellent I would like to see him and I think I said this before I would like to see him on Fox though because I think he would be great in the booth with DW or even perhaps with Mikey Michael Waltrip what was interesting though is him and somebody else in the booth sounded alike so sometimes I was having a hard time distinguishing who was talking and apparently this is an issue because before they started started the broadcast that analysts have made comment about the voices being similar. The voices may be similar, but there's only one Dell Jr. in. When Dell is ready to go into the booth, boy is gonna be something special.
1: And I can't wait. And just like I said before, I'd rather see him in the car and on the track, but I have no problem with seeing him in the booth either. That's exciting.
0: Well What's not so exciting is something that we need to address and I try to veer away from discussing politics and religion. And if you listen to this podcast enough, we don't really go too deep into politics and religion and all that stuff. But NASCAR fans, they are all about both. And there was an article that talked about NASCAR fans supporting Trump and why most NASCAR fans support Trump. Renee, I know you read the article, so I will let you make some comments about it. What do you think?
1: So, Tim, I'm like you, and I'm going to go back and reiterate what we agreed on beforehand. I don't like to mix my politics and or my religion with my sports, and I always like to keep it that way. But unfortunately, this is just one big, important and crazy presidential race and there's no getting around it. It is something that we're going to have to live with right now because it's kind of hard to avoid it, and as being a stand-up and doing comedy, I'm not a political comic by any means, but it's hard not to talk about it because there's so much material there, and there's so many things to talk about that it's kind of hard, and I tried not to do it. I mean, it is current events, and it's kind of taken over everything. As NASCAR fans, they've been Very outspoken, and so has a lot of the NASCAR world, especially like Richard Petty, Brian France, who have actually gone out of their way to endorse Donald Trump. And you know what? That's their prerogative, and they have the right to do that, and I understand that. Like I said, I'm just like you. I'd like to keep it separate if I could. Unfortunately, Tam, because of social media, and uh, this is the world we live in through social media, everything is... So blown up and on a different level. Let's look at it this way. As long as I've been watching NASCAR, and I know I'm not that old, but I've never seen in any sport, whether it's NASCAR, baseball, football, or anybody, but especially NASCAR, these high-profile people come out and specifically endorse Donald Trump the way that they have. And as you remember, Tim, that we were talking about it on a previous podcast, Austin Wayne Self, one of the NASCAR truck drivers, decorated his whole truck with Trump-Pence logos and Make America Great Again slogans. And Austin Wayne Self is only 20 years old, for crying out loud. That tells you right there how crazy and important this presidential race is.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, again, to kind of cosign on what you're saying. I don't ever remember NASCAR being so political. Obviously, religion is pretty much a staple at any NASCAR race. And we can't even really say religion because it's more so at a NASCAR race, we do pray before every race. So that's not necessarily religion more, or somebody can view that as being more spiritual than religion because it's never been discussed if you Baptist, if you're Christian or you Catholic or anything like that. But it definitely is a spiritual presence at the races because we do pray before every race. But to put it in perspective and just to kind of read you a couple of fan comments from the article, one fan by the name of Daniel Rodas said the mindset of the NASCAR fan base is more conservative. This sport is more for the common man. And I don't think Hillary really appeals to that. That's an interesting comment, because how does one view Donald Trump pretty much being more for the common man? When all he does is flaunt his wealth in front of you. What Donald did was marketing genius. He came up with a slogan, make America great. So I feel like that slogan is embedded in a lot of people. And and by no means, if you're listening, I'm not disputing what this fan said. Because maybe some people do believe that. What really kind of bothers me, and I'm just going to be a little personal, is People are supporting a man that they really don't know. I don't know Donald Trump, but I feel as if I know him a little bit more than most because I've read a couple of his books. I've never really seen an episode of Apprentice, so I can't say anything, but I have read his books in his own words and his brand is luxury. So I don't really understand how he... Can be in more in tune with the common man than a Hillary, but that's all I'll say to that. Another commenter also wrote Trump is aggressive. You go after what you want and get it done, no matter whose feelings you hurt. And that was from another NASCAR fan by the name of Michelle Lloyd. That's another interesting take on so you're saying Hillary's not aggressive? I don't know. It's just interesting how everybody has a different thought process on Trump versus. Hillary. And it's just, I don't know. It is what it is. So the point of it though, is that the article pretty much was just saying that.
1: Tim, just to uh, specify that the article that we were uh, getting this particular information from was the Charlotte Observer, just so that our listeners and uh, other people who may be interested might want to know and where they can look it up. But it's the uh, Charlotte Observer who had this article. And Tam, going back to the uh, comment that the NASCAR fan, Michelle Loy, had said that Trump is aggressive. You go after what you want and you get it done no matter whose feelings you hurt. NASCAR fans are used to seeing NASCAR drivers specifically be that way. So they're kind of used to that attitude. And that's what Trump is. It's just like a NASCAR driver. I mean these NASCAR drivers are aggressive. They go after what they want. They get it done. And no matter who they hurt, case in point, Dale Sr., the intimidator, he did exactly that. And they relate to Trump being that way. So I can totally understand NASCAR's, you know, fans' point of view.
0: Just to add a little bit more to that, if you recall when Bill Elliott endorsed Trump, he said, we need a change, guys. Basically, I think maybe a lot of NASCAR fans view Trump as this change agent. Again, and, you know, Mark Martin also came out and endorsed him. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but Dale Jr.'s niece actually endorsed Trump as well on Twitter, which is interesting because she's 15 years old. Clearly, you know, the NASCAR world, like this article says, feels as if Trump is their guy. Again, And kind of piggybacking off of Marcus Limonis, who's the chief operating officer of the NASCAR camping world, he pretty much said that he didn't really agree with Brian France endorsing Trump. And to be exact, his words were, there is no place for politics, any political endorsements in any business. Your customers and employees should have their own mind. And I 100% agree with him. I think as a governing body of any sport, you don't let your personal opinions be known. But on the flip side, and just kind of wrapping up what I was going to say, I felt as if Brian France felt it was okay because NASCAR Nation as a whole seems to endorse this guy. Me personally, I am a NASCAR fan. I don't endorse Donald Trump. I don't endorse Hillary Clinton either. So just be clear on that. But I do think that you have the best of well, I shouldn't say two evils. That's not what I really wanna say. But you have to make a decision. Everybody nobody's perfect. You have good, bad and ugly in everybody. And again, I don't talk politics, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. For somebody who doesn't talk politics, I at this moment have my two fingers against my mouth and I'm doing the zip it sign. So I'm zipping it. And
1: Again, Tam, just to say you're right, and NASCAR spokesman David Higdon also stressed that these endorsements, you know, by Petty and Brian France and Bill Elliott and some of these other guys, Mark Martin, these are all personal endorsements, and he specified himself that that NASCAR itself does not endorse Trump. So, with that being said, I'm like you. I got two fingers up to my mouth and I'm doing the zip it sign.
0: Okay. So on that note, let's zip right on to our fan comment of the week. How about that? Ooh. Okay. So our fan comment of the week, I spotted this on Twitter. There was a photo and it had the caption. It's official. Plate racing is boring now. That was awful. Unquote. That was to Talladega. Oh my God, there's so much to talk about when it comes to this comment, but I'm just going to ask you straight up, Renee. did you think the race was boring? I didn't
1: hate the race. I mean, I actually thought it was a good race. I actually enjoyed watching it. But I will say this, Tam, if I'm a Joe Gibbs racing uh, fan of any of those three drivers that stayed back and really kind of raced, Then I hated it. What do I care about some of these other drivers? You know, my driver didn't race. He stayed in the back. He didn't even put any effort. And that's what I want to kind of avoid. I mean, so I can kind of understand, you know, kind of where this comment is going. But I just don't want to see this as a trend. I don't don't want to see this starting to happen. I mean, if that makes any sense.
0: Well, Renee, in all honesty but that's not uncommon because I, for whatever reason, NASCAR sometimes does make me a little bit tired, but I think a lot of it is because I'm up early in the morning preparing to be on social to talk to all our wonderful listeners. So once the race starts, I need a little bit of a nap. And for those of you who don't understand, we're in California. So the races usually come on about 11 i'm a morning person so i'm already up around four o'clock and it's almost a soothing common effect when there's no action and you only see cars going in a circle i need a nap i don't know what else to say (laughs) i thought the race was good it has some interesting things i will say i think was it three or four cautions it wasn't that many cautions and that was not what i was anticipating for talladega i was expecting it to be some -um, -um, bang-em-bang-em crash-em-up cars flipping type of situation especially because it was the chase I thought drivers would be a little bit more aggressive and that we would see things happen based on people being aggressive. instead we saw a few times where all the cars were lined up in one single file line. yeah it just wasn't what I expected but nonetheless I thought that I won't say it was a great race but it was a good race but I think that was all because we knew it was an elimination race. Now, if this was Talladega earlier in the year and there was no implications of this being an elimination race, I think I would probably waver on it being a boring to good race. But all in all, I thought it was good. It was what it was and it's going to be what it's going to be. And in the great words of Kyle Bush, don't hate the player, hate the game. But in this instance, I'm going to hate the players. Forget what Kyle Busch was saying because the race could have been a little bit better. Again, nobody wants to see these drivers get injured, but a part of some of the appeal is a little bit of wrecking and a little bit of bumping and grinding, and we didn't see any of that. That's just the reality. But on one note, the stands were packed. They tweeted a photo, and I was like, wow, Talladega's looking good. Looking good. Well, okay. Well, let's go into our next round of the chase. And we're headed to Martinsville. And let's uh, look at it for what it is. What do you think is going to happen at Martinsville? So pretty much that is a.k.a. Predictions. Predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got?
1: And you know, Tam, this is my favorite part of the podcast is predictions. You know, this is really getting tough for me, Tam. I mean, it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher because I don't know, gosh, where to go. I mean, my grid was just blown apart, I think, after the first couple of weeks of the chase uh, even started. And with a lot of my drivers that I thought were going to still be here at this point are not even here. So it makes it tough. But uh, we are down to our last eight and um okay well let's just get straight to it um i'm gonna be honest with you the bush brothers are in and they've been kind of quietly like hovering there just like Tim penske was but joey logano finally made it i'll be honest with you i didn't think kurt bush was going to be there but i'm not going with kurt bush i am actually going to go with the brother number 18 kyle bush is going to win martinsville i got a feeling i don't know why but he's just kind of been hovering there and i see kyle bush pulling a joey logano and winning at martinsville now don't be surprised if kevin harvick comes and wins martinsville either i'm going with kevin harvick as my dark horse but kyle bush will win martinsville he will win this race this weekend those are my picks and i'm sticking with them. tam
0: okay renee is going with a bush brother And on Harvick, interesting. Now, what would have really been interesting is if you would have went for Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick, considering the drama. But, okay, I'll give you Kyle Busch. So, really quick, today's lesson is simple. 2015, Jeff Gordon was the winner at Martinsville. And there are two races at Martinsville. So we're actually talking about the late October race. 2014, Dale Jr. won at Martinsville. 2013, you had Gordon 2012, Jimmy Johnson 2011. You had my man, my man. I'm waiting on you to fill in the blanks. Who's my man? Smoke. Uh, You know what? I'm actually shocked you got that right. Now, some interesting facts about Martinsville in, in regards to the winners. Do you know Jimmy Johnson is an eight-time winner? A eight-time winner at Martinsville. How about that? And Denny Hamlin is a five-time winner. Pretty interesting. And there's no Xfinity race there. So we won't even go into any statistics on the Xfinity race. So with that being said, because I know you're sitting on your chair like, who does she have to win this race? You already know. I've been riding with this guy for about 10 weeks straight and he's let me down. So I'm going to just be let down again, or maybe not. So I'm actually going to go with Matt Kenseth. So yeah, I'm feeling Matt Kenseth. I don't know. Like I've been on this guy's coattails yeah i'm sticking with matt and i'm feeling like i should go with a non-chase driver as well but i don't think so i'm actually gonna go with denny hamlin and matt kinsett now let's reverse that let's make hamlin my top horse and matt kinsett my second horse in charge i don't know can you say that
1: well there you go yep (laughs) that sounded good And there you go, and there's your predictions, and we'd like to hear your predictions as well, fans. So tweet us up, Instagram us your pick, and hopefully your driver will win this weekend, whoever your driver is and whoever you pick. Hopefully they come out on top. I certainly hope that my pick comes out on top as well as Tam. I'm sure she gets her picks right. So listen, you can also hit us up on our personal uh, social media. You can hit me up on uh, Facebook as well, but you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all at... It's Renee Garcia at It's Renee Garcia. And you can find Tam.
0: At I am sincerely Tam across all social.
1: Perfect. So with that being said, once again, we thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for tuning in to All Turns, No Breaks. We always appreciate your input. We always appreciate your support. And be kind to each other. And we will see you back again next week.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.